2: Uh, the Reds continue on their impressive start of the season with a comfortable 3-0 win over Nottingham Forest at Anfield last Sunday. With Jota and Nunez and Salah in fine form, uh, and VVD reminding many that he can be just as imperious as he used to be, Klopp's side revitalised and ready to compete at the top of the league once again. The Reds' next game sees them making the unfamiliar journey to Luton Town to face the newly promoted side who have gone from non-league to the top flight in just nine years. On what's sure to be a surreal day for Luton fans, Klopp will be hoping his side can retain their professionalism and secure another three points without much fuss. But joining me on the pod this week to share his perspective on the journey Luton Town have been on to make it into the Premier League, what the ride's been like so far, and ambitions for the club's future, I'm happy to welcome on lifelong Luton Town fan and contributor for the club's matchday programme, Zach Neil. Welcome on, Zach.
3: Thank
2: you for having me on. Nice, no, it's good to good to speak with you we had a, a little bit of a chat there before the before the pod started uh i mean uh I'm not going to lie i mean like with some of the regular premier league folk uh, journos, uh fans who we talk to each season as the games come round uh, you know you start to get a little bit um you know familiar with you know some of the key stories the narratives things that have been going on at that club over the past few few seasons but you sometimes get an opportunity to speak to a fan base, or like a, a journalist covering a club, for whom you've you've not had the you know the, the chance to immerse yourself in the in the story, uh, and I don't think stories get that much more romantic to be honest than sort of the journey that Luton Town have been on. Uh, obviously, this incredible rise from uh, non-league all the way to the top flight in in just about nine years, I think it was. Uh, so, without getting you to give me a war and peace sort of essay, I guess on. On 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 that journey, I, d- I did want to sort of cast your mind back to to the promotion campaign and and just to yeah, just what that journey's been like over the past few years as as Luton have been on this trajectory that's ultimately seen them get to to the Premier League.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Like when you think about it, to go from the Conference to the Premier League in nine years is just obscene. I remember, you know, it's just thinking like back in like League One how ridiculous it is to be in the championship after all these years because all we've been through like the minus 30 points and all the troubles we've had to go through and to come out the other side and think oh my god we're back in the championship and then in the championship you know just surviving the first season and solidifying the next pushing for playoffs the year after and then season after that to actually win the playoffs and get promotions to the Premier League it's just absolutely unreal like I, I still I'm still not over it like I still find it hard to believe we're in this league it's just absolutely mental just the story everything every result since I rise back up it's just been amazing to see and I'm just so happy that it's all happened. and um, to be honest this season's lots of fans obviously want to stay up including myself but it's more about like just enjoying the year
2: Yeah and no, I can, can fully imagine I think it should, shouldn't be any uh, any other way naturally uh, safety is is going to be the uh, the be all end all objective but uh I want to ask me that when we've spoken to other clubs that got promoted in recent years, I mean, Brentford comes to mind um, as, as one example, there's usually, I mean, so, certainly when these clubs have been on like a this rise over a number of years, people are doing something right. Right. It's, easy. Mm-hmm. it's either a talismanic manager. It's either like, I don't know, it's like a collection of players playing out of their skin. It's like really smart recruitment. I think yeah, Brentford uh, often, um sort of discussed in 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 those sort of circles around sort of the intelligence and the recruitment, a lot of data work going on there. Brighton, sort of the way in which they seem to be one of the best operated clubs in the Premier League at, at the moment. And obviously they've been on quite a journey since they got promoted. So I wanted to ask you, I mean your in your opinion, how has it been that Luton have been able to go on this journey? Like I'm sure there's been many different iterations of Luton Town over the past few years that have, have seen them get to this stage. But like what have been sort of, you think, the key aspects that have allowed this story to to take place?
3: I think it's the board. I think the board of directors behind the scenes have really pulled the strings of everything that's happened. I mean, since we we obviously got promoted at the conference with John Steele, who was a legend, but then they had to make the tough decision to let him go in League Two season after and then the getting Nathan Jones in who really understood the club and knew what was necessary to make the next step to get us out of League 2 and then to put us into League 1 and then obviously we've had some bumps along the road like Nathan Jones even twice so it's the way that the board have adapted to it and it's just everything that they've done like from recruitment to just like how they've managed the club in general has been nothing short of brilliant. Like you look at the players that we've brought in, I could barely tell you a bad signing that we've made. All of them have all just come in, hit the ground running and have been great. I think and all for cheap, we don't spend much. That's probably why we're going to, we've been struggling a bit this season because obviously our financial budget compared to a lot of teams is not yeah. there at all. Like we've got, we're working on astronomically small numbers compared to the likes of what Burnley who spent a hundred million and we're meant to be rivaling them. So it's, it's just so, it's so tough with what the, like, we've got, but they're literally squeezing every single ounce of anything that they can get out of the club. And it's working so well to go from terrible owners that we had that, you know, administration, all that in the early two thousands to go to the 2020, the boards and everyone it's just so great to see. Like, I think we've got like the one of the most well-run clubs in the country, and I think we're looking to model ourselves off of the likes of Bryson and Brentford.
2: Yeah, and I think I mean they're they're great clubs to model yourself on, given sort of the way in which they they appear to be yeah firing on all cylinders when it comes to transfers, recruitment, like uh, management, coaching staff, the turnover. Um, really, like great models to to base yourself on. You, you mentioned that a little bit about. You know the the issues in the early two thousands and administration and some of the some of the threats to the club. Um, for those who aren't familiar with that that part of Luton Town's sort of journey, and yeah, obviously we we'll, won't we won't dwell on it too long. We want to get to the good stuff, right? But yeah. like, talk, talk to us a little bit about sort of what you went through, what the club went through during that period
3: well i wasn 't born then I was born in two thousand and eight, which <laughs> yes. was, which means i 've only started get familiar, familiarizing myself with all this stuff that happened before recently, but my entire family went through it all, and they know what happened so it 's kind right. of like a story I like passed down but yeah, yeah um it was after i think the turning point, the peak of Kind of, I wouldn't say our history, but one of the high points of our club's history was Mm -hmm. winning the Littlewoods Cup final in 1988. Yeah. And then to go from that and then stay, we kept staying up. We were solid for the next few years. Then we got relegated the season before the Premier League began. And then it went a bit downhill from there. We went down to League Two and then all the way down to League Two. And then we started going up. We got new new players in who were young exciting wanted to play for the club they were play, playing for basically nothing we played Liverpool in the FA Cup quite a while ago and we lost 5-3 but literally the players all the, every single player that played that day did not get, get paid a penny from uh, December to like you no know, October to January or something like that I think I read so it's the commitment of the players during that time and you know players came and went managers came and went but I think we went into administration four times in the space of right. uh, a few years and it it was just like hit after hit we were getting punished and then in 2008 the year of Osborne uh, we got minus 30 points uh, from the FA and the Football League which is ridiculous because they were just trying to make an example of us saying, if you do, if you go to administration that many times or so, what, so like whatever, then you will get this punishment. And it was, it was totally unfair. It should not have happened. And obviously it might've just, it would have just been easy to relegate us and make a start off in the conference. Cause we would have done quite well, but to have start off from minus 30 points compared to zero is such a gap. Cause even though we, we would have finished like 15th in league two that year, if it wasn't for the 30 points but instead we got relegated and we put up a fight it wasn't like we still finished on minus points so yeah it's just like going through all that pain and just it, it felt like it was never going to go away but then now you have come out the other side and we're in the Premier League
2: mm, yeah and I think yeah the Football Association and handing out punishments to clubs that uh, breach the rules are very interesting to see when those punishments get applied and when they when they don't, and uh, mm, cases definitely. just uh, yeah just chug along for many many years. W- weird that, but uh, I also hope as well um, that uh, you talking about the fact that you weren't born at that stage and uh, the fact that you were born as has made some of the listeners as uncomfortable as it made me initially. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah, shifty, yeah, it does. in my seat, but that's the. Yeah, it's 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 great to speak to like a. Uh, a young fan is so passionate about the about the club and yeah. I mean, thank you, thank you. You're, you're getting the good stuff, right? I mean, like, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I started following in like League League Two on a rise back up, mm. and yeah. For I remember for like the first year or so of watching us, I didn't see us lose. for I only saw us like lose once. There
2: you go. And yeah.
3: it was great, but then obviously, first season in the Championship, we lost a lot, a lot. And the first season in the Premier League, I know we, I've already seen us lose oh, a lot. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, at least there was, yeah, I mean, there was the the win over um, obviously the blue side of Mersey side that I think yeah, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come on to talk about a, a little bit later, which I, mm. I think that was all very much enjoyed uh, from, <laughs> from, uh, from a lot of Liverpool fans. But, yeah, good, good. One thing I want to talk about is uh, you were saying that. Uh, Talking about the club's journey, coming through the different leagues, the, the recruitment, and you know, the players have sort of slotted in. Um, I don't want to go about too far this stage. Actually, I'll just probably think about the the how uh, how was this Luton Town team playing in the Championship? What kind of team are they in terms of sort of the the approach that they were they were bringing to those games? That sort of like expansive attacking, were they more sort of like like conservative? Like yeah, you know, tell me sort of how. How you've gotten used to seeing Luton Town play. And then, yeah, maybe we could talk a little bit about how that might have to shift and it is shifting this season.
3: Yeah, we're in uh, under Nathan Jones. We mainly played a four and then a diamond in midfield and then two up front which worked so well It's really hard formation to pull off but Nathan Jones mastered it so that was really important in our promotion to the championship and our first season there but then obviously Graham Jones came in and switched everything up and played some really terrible and weird formations which I'm not going to go into right now but
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well over at our Anfield Index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
3: Nathan came back and he kept, kind of kept a more 5 three, two type of shape with obviously the five at the back and the two like wing-backs which are attacking more than defending mm. and then the kind of two holding midfielders and one just box to box and then and maybe one just in behind the strikers feeding them in and obviously two big strikers in Adebayo and Morris. So last season especially after Rob Edwards came in, it was mainly it was just pretty much the same team every game. But the thing about our our game compared to others is that we weren't mad on we didn't score many loads of goals. We scored. I think we scored more goals the season before and we came sixth than we did the season where we came third. It's because we just won one I think there was a point where we won one nil like three or four times in a row and it was just one nil, one nil, one nil or nil like we just didn't we were just so good at not conceding. That we only needed one goal to win a game. And, I was going to say,
2: so like built built on defense.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely because we had such a solid defense. You know, we even Horvath in goal, he didn't even need to do much last season. He was just kind of making sure everything went smoothly. It was just we didn't we didn't we need, didn't need need many chances to score, but we when when we had the chance we took it and yeah we only needed one goal. I can't remember loads of games where we got three or four. I think most games we just got one or two and just. Didn't concede.
2: And in terms of the promotion, I mean, obviously the actual. We'll maybe speak about the the playoff game itself in a in in a Mm. second. But I I get the impression a lot a lot of the fan base weren't expecting this at all last season, and it's it's come way ahead of schedule. Or 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 what or were there hopes of it like like, uh, coming into last season?
3: Yeah, there were definitely hopes. I'd say. I think after the season we just had, losing in the playoffs to Huddersfield so painfully. Mm. People were like, oh, I want to, I want to go up, I want to go up. And it was that year where we realised in the playoffs where we could challenge, we could compete. Right. And the championship was probably at its weakest. It had been for a while, in my opinion. Like, there weren't many great teams. Obviously, I thought Burnley were always going to storm the league. And then, you know, Sheffield United and a few other teams would be in there. But yeah, there was just like about, It was gonna if we were gonna do it, it would be our best chance because if you look at the championship this season, realistically, I don't think I think we'd struggle to get promotion. So Mm. if it was, it it was like if we were gonna do it, we're gonna do it now. So there was kind of that mentality, and it's just win, uh, win after win after win, unbeaten in loads of. We had a really good unbeaten run at the end of the season, and it was just about like get grinding out each result. And we were like, Mm. I think for me, there was like because I went to most matches home and away like I do this season, but it was like there was a point where i realized we can actually do this because for most of the time seeing about we're going to the premier league it's all just jokes because you know we've seen that after like one win over like hull city or something but seeing it seeing about that and then realizing that it actually could be a reality yeah. it's just a mental thought and then it was the watford game where we obviously watford are our biggest rivals and we beat them 2-0 at home quite very easily and you're suddenly thinking we're we're soaring right now we could actually do it and we were the form team going into the playoffs, and we lost to Sunderland the first leg, but beat them quite convincingly in the second leg. And you're thinking Coventry in the final, there's no better chance. So it was just like really just getting getting together and thinking this is we've this is it. We've got to do it now. So yeah, it was amazing.
2: And talk, talk to me about that final because obviously it was a very dramatic game as well. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, I was reading a little bit about the. Rob Edwards' sort of like uh, sort of premature celebration at the end where he thought, he thought it was over uh, and yeah. tried to celebrate and then obviously he was rolled out for you know, the handball or something and then uh, yeah, ultimately securing the promotion on on penalties. Mm. Uh, they made you work for it, I think, emotionally. Uh, yeah, t- <laughs> tell me what that day was like. Oh, it
3: was probably the best day of my life. I think it was, there was so much optimism. Like, you think, oh, we've only got 10,000 like seats at Kenilworth Road. So and you know that about seven thousand of them or so are like season ticket holders, maybe less. And yeah. there is like a certain core which go you see every week, faces you see every week, and then to get to Wembley and see this forty thousand orange <laughs> sea of orange was or like as someone who goes a lot regularly see that was just an amazing sight. And we started so well, and then Tom Lockyer had a, a terrible incident, which I'm really glad he's recovered from because it did not look good. And I think we kind of use that as motivation. I don't think the manager told the players the extent of it until half time. And Reese Burke came on in his place and he did such a good job. So I'm, I'm forever grateful to him. And obviously we started well. We got scored two offside goals early doors and then we got the goal, which was crazy. It was an amazing moment. It was a really good goal. Jordan Clark. And then we you're thinking we can go go get another, go get another. Cause I think if we got another goal, the game's over. Second half, we were not, we did what didn't come back out basically. I don't think we were that good. We were just clinging on. And then Coventry got their goal, and you're thinking, oh my, this is so looting of us to do. And it's the biggest day in our club's history. And it, we're just throwing everything at it. Both teams are so tired. And then went to extra time, you're thinking, Oh, this is this, I can't take this. And I was with all my family and just we were all losing fans and it's oh I just could not (laughs) handle the pressure. And we when we when Joe Taylor scored that offside goal, you're thinking, we've done it, we've done it, it's over, it's over. I did not I don't think many people saw the handball. I don't think many people saw it at all. Mm. And when I look at it back, I think, yeah, that probably should have been disallowed. But that (laughs) moment where you think, we won it, yeah. And then to get it chalked off so quickly, you're like, oh no, this is this is. It's not going to happen, is it? it? And then obviously went to pens, but I think the turning point was when the referee did that, like flip the coin, and it was up. We were choosing up our end because yeah. I, at that point, I knew we've got this. And my mum and my sister couldn't watch. They went into like the inside, the guts of Wembley because they couldn't take the pressure. But then seeing each pen go in, they were both all oh, so good pens. So no, such good pens, sorry. And it was like, ah, oh, you just thought, oh, someone's got to miss soon, sudden death. And then, Dabo steps up, he's not looking confident at us or he blazes over the bar and it's just ecstasy, like disbelief and seeing those faces that you've seen every single week.
2: Right. Finally well. see
3: what they've wanted to see for forever. Their whole lives is just a mate of what a feeling it was.
2: No, it still is. An, yeah, it's incredible, yeah, just to hear you, yeah, to hear you articulated there. So I was thinking about um, just, yeah, just the experiences of penalty shootouts myself was on, like thing, things that can calm you. And it's like, it's, it's often, yeah, you... You either go into it like you say, like, like someone from the other team blazes it over or, or misses it, or somebody from your team steps up and I don't know, Penenka on the first one, or like so, so yeah, something, yeah. To, something to try and settle your nerves. I, I remember Fabinho for Liverpool doing that a couple of years ago. like first oh, played pen, yeah. and I was like, oh, there we go. That's <laughs> yeah, nice. <that's> cal- calmed <laughs> it down that
3: Van Dijk <laughs> Pen versus uh, Kepler in uh, the final yes. as well. That one. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Shouldn't forget that. Yeah. You know, always no. enjoyed the the look back. But
4: hello, I'm here to annoy you.
2: Um, I mean, yeah. So, that, so, so there's the promotion secured uh, ecstasy. Once that's worn off, you start. I guess everyone's starting to think about what that's going to look like, right? Luton Town, in the Premier League, as you, as you said, sort of the, the financial might of the other clubs. What you're going to have to compete with. The objective is you know, it's a clear one. Like, you know, can, can you can you stay up? Um, knowing that there wasn't going to be like wholesale surgery to the team, um, what did you think? Uh, okay, well, if, if we've got a you know, small budget here. Uh, where were the positions where you thought, okay, we OK, we, we we've got to try and prioritise these, strengthen the squad in the areas where we can?
3: I think lots of people first thought it was goalkeeper because we had three lone players in. Uh, I think it was Ethan Horvath, the goalkeeper, Cody Drame, the right back, and Marvellous Nakamba, the midfielder. And every, everyone fell in love with Nakamba, including myself, as soon as he came in. And that was our first priority. If to. we got promoted yeah. to the Premier League, sign him. And it took a while, but we did get him eventually. So that was like, that was, <laughs> that felt amazing. Cause he, again, he's still so good for us. So, Nika- guessing Nakamba, ticks, that was great. Then we needed a keeper because Ethan Horvath was decent, I thought. But I don't think he's Premier League standard personally. And I think most of the fan base didn't trust him because he did drop a few clangers, didn't make a few errors. He was, he had very good attributes to his game in many areas. But overall, like in crucial points, like, a, he didn't He didn't quite blow anyone away. So we wanted wanted to secure a better goalkeeper and we got Thomas Kaminsky in from Blackburn, which seems to be a great, great buy because he's made some cracking saves already. And then we also got Tim Krull from Norwich just as a bit of a backup.
2: Yeah, very experienced. And
3: yeah, and then we all wanted Cody Dramey back because he was amazing, but he wanted to see how he did at Leeds so he we went back there and they didn't want him. So he's now gone out on loan to Birmingham, which is a shame. But instead, we've signed Issa Kabore on loan. So, yeah, people wanted like that, another striker. And we got Jacob Brown, but he's not quite what mm. people were asking for, I don't think. Now, looking at him, he's got amazing work rate, but his end product isn't quite there yet. So, I think people will want like in January, want a like proper bagsman. Alongside Morris, so that's probably one that we want, and also to get the. I could not believe that we signed Ross Barkley. That was a crazy day. <laughs> I was just thinking back, so I remember the days where we signed like irrelevant, not, not irrelevant, but like unheard of players. Sure, sure. Lower leagues, and we were thinking, "Oh, who's this guy that we have just signed?" And then to go out and fight, sign Ross Barkley is like, "Wow, we've come so far." So yeah, we've got some amazing, amazing players in now, and yeah, I'm building a really nice
2: squad. I was going to say as well I mean, as well as uh, the likes of I mean I mean for, for, first off I mean I think yeah it's, it's only right that you restored uh, marvelous Lacamba to the the Premier mm-hmm. League I think that's yeah where he belongs um, and yeah very happy to see him back in the in the league and you mentioned Ross Barkley and Ross Townsend as well right oh yeah who's who's, who's, who's joined the club uh, as another experienced um, uh, head in there who I remember scoring plenty of nice goals against City which is always obviously. Um, something that you, you enjoy. Um,
3: yep, definitely.
2: That must have felt like a big one as well, right? I mean, he's he's, uh, he's uh, had a career where he's played at multiple Premier League clubs by this stage.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember that he was training with us for a while and you're thinking, wow, Andros Townsend's training with us. That's crazy. And he was, you know, went from, you know, he was playing for England, regularly scoring great goals, you know, always remember that goal for Palace against City. And Then he went to Everton, he was, he was good there, but they got got rid of him. Mm. And then he played for the under twenty-ones um against Leeds under twenty ones. Oh, Apparently yeah. he did all right. Oh. And yeah, I think he was offered no, he want, he was training with Burnley at the start of the season. And then they rejected him and he was like probably heartbroken. So for mm. us to take him in was big plus for both sides for Luton and Townsend. And yeah, he's been re- he's been really good. He brings like a cool, composed, you know, experienced head. In and he's got that. He, his ability is still not changed, he's still got it. And yeah, he looks like he's got a wand, wand of a yes. right hand effort. So, you know, I think he's going to bring something really important this season.
2: Now, of course, yeah, hopefully he can repeat his um heroic. i oh, sure, yeah, I, I hope he can repeat his heroics against City, but that's to say, it's going to be a tough ask, but gonna, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Let's, let's, yeah, let's hope for the, the romance. but. You talked about a little bit about how you played last season, built on the defence, not necessarily scoring loads of goals, but being efficient with what you did. And um, but looking at some of the scores so far this season, and I mean, there's a a couple of heavier sort of defeats in there, Um, Brighton, Chelsea, for example. Mm. Um, The the game just gone against Villa, I suppose. But actually, most of these games have been pretty tight, Uh, and yeah, one goal affairs. Um, even against you, know, I remember watching the Spurs game as well. I thought that was you just, yeah, if you maybe have a little bit more quality in the final third could have really hurt them as well. I thought they were lucky to get out of there, um, with it being one nil, but you can see, like, I mean, that that sort of solidity seems to doesn't seem to be like evaporated, you know, when you, when you come into the Premier League. I just wanted to ask, I mean, based on all the games you've seen so far, has there been. A noticeable shift in the way in which you, you, uh, Rob Edwards is approaching it, or is he sort of like relying on the system that we that we saw last season?
3: I think it's just more adapting to the Premier League because I watched a few Championship games back the other day, and the tempo and the quality is so different, and right. we could really get away with playing a four-five back, and you know play in the way that we did last season but this year we obviously found found out very quickly that some of the better teams are not going to let you do that and sometimes some games we go more attacking and play a bit of a 3-4-3 some games we go more defensive and stick to a 4-4-2 and yeah we we switch up the formation quite a bit but there's you look at some games this season Brighton I think fair enough to Brighton they definitely deserve the win there and then Chelsea just Again, they probably deserved that. But then you look at West Ham was the first game where we deserved something, in my opinion, and we didn't get it. And then Fulham away, that was so, so unlucky. We had had two brilliant chances, did not take them. And then one error led to the three points for Fulham, which was not deserved. And getting the win over Everton was absolutely monumental, amazing. And then we, uh, obviously, results recently, I like the Spurs game. The Burnley game was heartbreaking because we dominated finally got our goal and then 30 seconds later conceded again. Uh, and <laughs> this first game, yeah. it was just not taking our chances and they took theirs. Well, mostly anyway. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just like there are some games where you're like, oh yeah, we did. we, we were, Realistically, we we're never going to get anything out of that. But there are some games where you're like, we so deserve something. But the shape and the way we play, I think is still very similar. Mm. It's just we're kind of building around some new players as well. Like Jadouzi Obené is really one to watch out for this season. He is absolutely brilliant. So we're kind of building around his pace and skill and, you know, just getting the ball into the box for us to attack, like our goals against Forrest. And yeah, it's just about learning learning how to approach different games. I
2: was going to say, I mean, like looking at those results so far, and I mean, I suppose obviously that back, that first home game against West Ham in the Premier League must have been a real uh emotional affair as well you, you, just one thing you i i, I caught when you mentioned earlier on so the, the capacity is ten thousand for 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 the grounds what you're saying right for yes and so what's the what's the current away allocation
3: oh, i believe it's like around a thousand but nice. i think just above just above a thousand yeah
2: that sounds yeah well, i'm got <laughs> to get with this uh for this weekend's game but um yeah i'm sure it's going to be a real intense uh for those a thousand uh liverpool fans who make the who make the trip but yeah i mean like, what have been the highlights so far i mean you you talk you talked about the results there but um i mean we can, let's, let's definitely speak about the everton win and sort of how how you how you pull that off some, some pretty clever set pieces on the on the oh, day yeah. but um what have been sort of the highlights of the journey so far in terms of the fixtures that you've uh you've seen
3: I think Brighton away, just our first game in the Premier League, it had a real party sense to it. And I don't think many people really cared about the no. result. So, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, that's a, that was a great one. Even even though the result wasn't great, it was still a really good good day out. Um, except for the trains, because it took me six hours to get home. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and really, really, it should take two, but, you know, it took six. But, you know, Not we, we moved. And yep. then Chelsea away was surreal because it's it's Chelsea. They're a big club. And to play them in the league game away from home at Stamford Bridge, just beyond me. Mm-hmm. And obviously first home game in the Premier League, that was amazing. But the Everton away win and the Nottingham Forest draw for me were the two really, really great games. Because to beat Everton away, like even though I get that they're not in great form right now, but zero Everton fans expected a loss that day. None. And I would say that not many Houston fans expected to win that day, like including myself. I was, I've never been to go to Park, probably even my last time visiting there, but it was seeing us, I didn't even know about the first goal. Like I was, I saw it get cleared <laughs> off the line and I thought it was in. So I was already celebrating. Then I stopped for like a second because I'm like, oh, it's not in. And then it just got Ashley Young just volleyed it into Tom Lockyer. So that was great. And then that Morris goal was just such a good finish and cross. And he was just unmarked to the back post what a finish like against England's number one as well. And obviously they got back into it, but second half they we did not give them anything. We just shut them out. And we, watching this top clock slowly tick away and then watching the fans just slowly leave and leak get out of the ground and um, like edge towards three points. And then to finally get the three points was just a unbelievable sense of relief because, you know, BBC was saying, oh, yeah, we're the only team without a point yet this season, blah, blah, blah. And to get the win, push us out the relegation zone, you know. Just also getting that block of not, yeah, exactly. not ha- having not won yet, because obviously we see Sheffield United, because they've not got that win yet. They're really in their heads, oh, we're never going to win. So to get the win was huge. And then the Forest away game, 2-0 down, game's over, 10 minutes ago, you're thinking... Yeah, this is nothing game like my mate who was with me. was just saying, oh, yeah, I'm I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. You know, we get spanked every week, blah, blah. And I just told him, keep positive, keep positive. You don't have to be happy, but just stay positive because you don't know. And then obviously Obené smacked in an equaliser, which he I think he definitely meant for the top left, but he sliced it into the top right, but I'm not complaining. (laughs) And then in the last minute, just lump all over. And Rayo chests it down and smacks it past Mac Turner. Arles, and their limbs in the OAN were class. And just to, and getting, po- again, proving that away from home, we can do it. It's not just at Kenworth Road. We can do it away from home. And we're really showing that against the, especially against the lower le- league teams, mm. like teams lower in the division, we can, we are capable of getting points off them.
2: Yeah, and those are are invaluable points as well, like you're saying, just to to pick them up early in the season, get the draws um, against the sides where you're you're, you're expecting to sort of get a result against. And yeah, I mean, I think one of the benefits of this added.
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want
2: Time that we're seeing so far this, this yeah. season is that it does give you the opportunity to snatch those late equalizers. Maybe if some, some sides get a little bit sloppy, careless, or maybe not necessarily the best when it comes to sort of the fitness work, you can, you can capitalize on it. And interestingly, you mentioned this. Oh, you, you don't think any Luton fans were expecting the win, uh, over Everton as, as a Liverpool fan has watched Everton for many years. Yeah, you just, you, you never, <laughs> you can never write off, uh, <laughs> any sort of, um, new chapter, I think, in, in the story, when it comes to uh, Everton capitulation. So that was, yeah, I think that was uh, enjoyed very by, funny. I'm pretty confident, 100% of the people who are listening to this podcast. Yeah, very um, funny,
3: very funny linear, stuff. So
2: it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just when you think they can't write a new chapter, they, uh, they do. And I wanted to uh, touch upon then, I guess, I mean, expectations for the season, I imagine are as straightforward as, you know, do, do whatever you can to, Try and secure survival um, Mm -hmm. in the league. But uh, as you mentioned right at the start, it's just really a a lot of fans are coming into it with the the perspective of just enjoying uh, week in, week out. And we're enjoying these little stories as well about the club without trying to, you know, belittle Luton in in, in any way. Like stories like the, you know, Jeffrey, for example, that dog, um, who's, yeah, I'm sure you've seen plenty of, right? That's just a nice, that's a nice story. (laughs) There's there's this dog that occasionally sleeps during, during games.
3: Yeah, it's cute. I mean, you see lots of that stuff. You know, you see the same faces around the ground every day. It's mm-hmm. the same people who've been there since I started going forever ago, if it was like now. But, you know, there's like that real sense of unity and that anyone who's at a home game has been there since pretty much day one because you wouldn't be able to get a ticket otherwise. So it's yeah, yeah so amazing seeing the fact that, you know, you look at the away way entrance because I'm sure you've seen it it's been all over the internet about
2: it was wasn't it
3: yeah yeah it's at our away entrance and you have to walk through someone's garden and all that but yeah it just really gives it that sense of like this is proper football you know and it's just funny I walked past the away entrance the other day and uh, I think we're playing Wolves and just literally every Wolves fan stopped and took a photo of, of course. It and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't blame him. I'd have done the same if I, I was an away fan coming and you know walking through someone's garden, over over someone's <laughs> garden, through through someone's house, over someone's garden, into the away entrance. You just don't see that. So yeah, it's just like about <laughs> giving Premier League fans a bit of a reality check of what football's like normally in the lower leagues.
2: No, I think, I, I know a lot of Liverpool fans are going to the game, uh, this weekend who are, you know, looking forward to the, the entire experience. I mean, if, the, yeah, if, if, there's a, if there's a particular pie, something they should be, something they should, something they should be getting from the, uh, from the shop, I'm sure they'll, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll check that out as well. But, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's actually weird. Weird how it's worked out. I didn't end up getting a ticket for, for this weekend's game, but I am, I am going to the reverse fixture. Oh, yeah. Um, Which is going to be fun, right? See, I think that's going to be a a great day out for Luton fans as well, right? Yeah.
3: I'll be there. I'll be there. It's going to be, again, those are the type of games where it's not about the result, it's about the day. And it's just about enjoying it and go experiencing Mm -hmm. Liverpool away in a league match because, you know, we won't won't experience it much. So, you know, we just, well, hopefully we do, but, you know, we're like saying real we've we've just got to enjoy it and result doesn't really matter as long as you don't beat us 9-0 then that's fine
2: no hopefully yeah yeah (laughs) i can't i can't any promises Actually, have no idea it's like this this liverpool team this season does look to be a little bit more have yeah have a little bit more teeth about it but i i suppose then yeah i mean bringing it on to this weekend's game and uh how you how you're thinking about approaching these kind of games at home right where you're welcome you're, you're welcoming just like just like was the case for tottenham i mean there's a narrow loss there against the side that's currently top of the league um and you're playing full of confidence like real optimism in the fan base as well you really could have burst their bubble that day um mm. how, how you how do you see rob edwards approaching it is it going to be a case of Trying to be conservative and then pick them, pick your moments on the counter, try and maximise the value of set pieces. Um, obviously, sort of opening up against Liverpool is not not a smart idea. I think for for, for most teams at the moment it seems to be. But yeah, what are you expecting in terms of sort of how how are going to approach it? And again, I'm I'm presuming everyone's just going to enjoy the event anyway, regardless.
3: Oh yeah, it definitely is. It was one of those games, you know, where it's just about to enjoy it. But I think like every game this season, it's weather the early storm and just like first 20 minutes, half hour, just keep it quiet. Keep uh, the opposition quiet. Don't give them an early goal or anything to get their tails up. Just, you know, Mm. keep them, keep it easy, you know, stay solid. And then just like try and obviously get something off the counter, but us as set pieces where we're really dangerous. So try and get a set piece in a good position, like a corner or a free kick in a dangerous zone and we will do something with it and you know just no 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 silly mistakes nothing like that just play a solid shape like win the midfield battle and just keep just be relentless just never stop defending never stop attacking never stop running mm-hmm. if we need fresh legs bring them on it's like just that mentality where you just don't stop
2: yeah i mean i'm 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 I, i've i don't think it's uh, much of a guess to say. i think i think Jürgen Klopp's going to be like Loving this fixture, I think. I there's, there's, a, there's a lot about it that I think he is just seems to appeal to his his idea of sort of what football should should be about. And I'm sort of interested. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of big names there, of course, at at Liverpool. And um, mm-hmm. I often ask sort of fans like, well, who, who, is there anyone in particular you're <laughs> you're particularly worried about facing, or is there any, anyone particularly just looking forward to seeing? Actually, as like you know, as a as a Liverpool player who maybe you have got an eye on, is there anyone in particular?
3: Yeah, I mean, there are some players where you just like I just can't believe I'm watching them live in a playing against us. And then there are some players who are like, oh, they're like on the day you're not sure about them, and then you see them play, and they're like wow, they are really good. And I think Salah's one to definitely be like, oh, I've seen him play now. That's, that's like tick that box. Yeah, obviously you've got uh, Van Dyke and Allison and you know big names mm-hmm. like that who you're like yeah, see, tick that box, see them play. But I think players like Sabozli, you know. All, all those like the kind of new ones, Groven Birch, the
2: new crop, yeah,
3: yeah, the new ones, and also players like you know, like Simicas, you know, like Matip, you yeah. know. Depend. I don't know who's going to play, but obviously like McAllister as well. Who you think on the day? Yeah,
2: he'll be there.
3: Yeah, we'll probably turn up. So it's like, yeah, it's interesting to see like how they play on the day and see if it's uh, players who are like. You know the top quality players who actually turn up because I remember Son didn't really do much against us, but Madison looked good. I think Basuma was good until he got sent off. That Pape Saab was also very good as
2: well. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it's fair enough to say actually. Now I mean I'm definitely biased as a Liverpool fan, but there, there's yeah. definitely something about yeah see, seeing Mo Salah live. I think there's definitely something you know, about. um you do realise. I like, think just you do realize just just how good he is um and just mm. how much how much work he gets through. But uh, I have to say part of me is just fascinated about the idea of Darwin Nunes um Oh yeah at, at at Luton. I just I, something about that is just incredibly Ooh. um interesting to me. Honestly. Yeah, be- let's <laughs> see what
3: happens. Yeah. Yeah, same because uh, the kennel of road crowd is He's going to uh, get a lot of abuse. <laughs> notorious for climbing on players' backs and get, making them lose their head. We've seen it so many times before. I think there was a Barnsley goalkeeper a few years ago who gave away a pen or something and lost his head at the referee. And he got so much stick. And then he, the rest of the game, his head was gone. And our, believe it or not, our actual keeper, Thomas Kaminsky, when he came with us, Came here with Blackburn a few years ago, got a lot of sick, but obviously he's got he's on the good side of it now. And yeah, it's just you know players who are very reactive to people, like yeah. like on their back shouting at them. Because when you take a throw in, it's you've got fans like so close to you, and you can you can see all their faces, you can see them shouting at you, you can see everything. So it's like it's that feeling where you, you don't see it much in the Premier League, and there's nothing to stop them getting to you. Like Ahmad Diallo, he got. He got assaulted last season in the playoffs oh, nice. by a fan, which was terrible, Beautiful. but it, it just proves how close it is because, you know, you go to take Toronto that far side, there's nothing to stop the, not really much to stop the fan climbing over. If they're, a, if they're an athletic person, it's no problem. Yeah. And It's a player like Darwin Nunes, who, whose head can go quite easily. And Richarlison, we saw it with him at, when oh, first came. Yeah. He, he, he got subbed at halftime. It was just, his head went <laughs> and, uh, We've seen two red cards for the opposition at Kenworth Road already this season. One yeah. was uh, for a bad challenge on Lockyer, or like a kick out, and one was for diving. And like when they're walking down the tunnel, the abuse they get is <laughs> crazy. So it's, I think players like Nunes and Richardson are really the players that the crowd will aim to get on their backs and make, try and make them go a bit crazy.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting thing with him. I think this season he's been yeah so much more like you can you, you can see the improvement like clearly. And this guy is like he's yeah, so he's uh super talented. But there's I think he's just he's he's got that chaos in him that he'll just yeah he he might bag an incredible goal yeah, and then we'll do what he did the other night where he just does world class bit to to round the defender, round the keeper, and then miss it. Um, yeah. So like if, if he does anything, I'm ho- I'm hoping he's not. But if he does anything remotely like that against um against Luton I can, I can imagine some of these uh, potential Andy Carroll chance coming back out again to, he, he's, to yeah, him. he's
3: he's very unpredictable and I think he's the type of player where he gets abused all game and either pops on top corner out of nowhere dribbles exactly. the whole team and scores or misses from two yards and loses his head or yeah. gets sent off
2: so yeah well let's touch what yeah hopefully not we've already got quite a few uh, red cards this season oh, yeah
3: you have haven't you yeah because you've like, got two against Spurs and yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that was fun. That was really good. But <laughs> that was fun. But um, fun. <laughs> but, um yeah, just, just as we wrap things up anyway, but like, it's, it's, it's it's been great to speak with you, Zach. I mean, but like, Yeah, you too. I mean what, expectations for the season. I mean, that's a big question. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I imagine it's gonna be just enjoy the ride and, and see what comes. But yeah, what what are you expecting for for the rest of the season? You've got a couple of big games coming up right now, obviously Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, United away. I mean, I mean they're terrible form. Would be great if you could I you know, play. Yeah. On. Yeah, so, yeah, what are your expectations for, for for the remainder of the season?
3: I think survival, I think survival's key. We've looking at the teams around us, we're in much better shape than the likes of Burnley, Sheffield Uniteds. you know, Bournemouth, Everton. We're in much better shape than them. Maybe not on the point, we've not got loads of points on the board yet, but that will come. And I think just like survival's number one target for the season, but no one's going to really be shocked if we don't hit that. But I feel like we definitely do have the potential and we can hit that survival because we've got it in us. We've shown glimpses this season where we could be a real, real threat to some teams. And I think we survivals for me is my number one goal for the year.
2: And yeah, just just just, just, just one final question actually as well. Like it's I'll as well ask you, I mean, um if, if you if you could pick one player from the Liverpool side to to just drop into into the Luton Town team at the moment, who would it be?
3: Oh, that's a good question. I think Salah's a winger, and we don't really utilize like wingers all the time. He
2: can do whatever you want.
3: He can go <laughs> but, striker as well, but yeah. um, I think we're gonna need we need a finisher. So that's why I'm thinking Salah. I think okay. I'd love to have Allison and Van Dyke Looks really good. But I think having a bit of a the field. Okay. Having so so Bosley would feel just would really round everything off. I think given that attacking and defensive yeah. side of things would be perfect.
2: Interesting. Yeah, he's already he's already getting a little bit of this uh, of this cult following. So that's interesting to see him getting mm. him getting a mention. Mm. But anyway, Zach, I want to want to thank you so much for for coming on and yeah for like I think the yeah, the enthusiasm is palpable, obviously around. Thank you. thank you. This this journey that you've that you've been on, and I think how much fun it's going to be. This season for, for for all of you. So yeah, I think it's like wishing you the best for for the season ahead and like um yeah um, enjoying all, all, all the games obviously. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having me on. Thank you.
2: And just as we wrap things up here, just uh, f- for all the the listeners who've been tuning into rival recon each week, uh, we will be back again on the twelfth of November uh, ahead of the uh, the home game against Brentford. So yeah, do do, do check in uh, ahead of that game.